watermelon today. I like as the weeks keep going on, everyone knows the words more and more. So that's awesome. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> um, I love seeing people's reaction too when we, we play that video. Um, before I get um, started, I just want to say um, uh, tonight is the last uh, Sunday night church for our teenagers. And um, I know it's kind of sad. Tess is crying a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm crying too because we'll miss Tess. But I'll seriously miss all the seniors. We have a lot of them this year, five of them. Um, but I just want to say uh, it's been an incredible year. Um, just from getting back from CIY last year and their efforts to uh, raise money for India and the way that um, the church has responded to, to fundraisers for different activities and um, just how they've served throughout the year. We served several places, Downtown Rescue Mission. Um, we've done... Um, well, I had it on the top of my head. I we uh, Christmas prayers, that's always a big one. With, uh, it was really cool this year. Our teenagers said, we want, let's, let's, uh, let's sponsor a child as a, as a youth group. And I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. But um, I want to say thank you to my church family. Thank you uh, for um, uh, just encouraging the teenagers. Thank you for, uh, you guys are an encouragement to me as well. Um, I couldn't do it without you. And so thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate it. And so um, just keep the, the teenage, continue to pray for them as they uh, get their summer started. And so, um, and uh, summer is starting. Summer is almost here. Um, it probably doesn't seem like it this week. It was kind of cold, right? 50s and 60s in the middle of May. That's not typical uh, Alabama weather, I guess. But uh, summer is here. I promise it'll be here um, soon. The kids are almost done with school, right? Um, families are, are planning or are about to take summer vacations. Um, and and I think with summers come like different summer projects, right? Um, like maybe some families are like, you know what, this summer we're going to clean out the garage and it's going to, we're going to be able to get the cars in there this year, you know, but you know, by the fall, we want to get one car in there at least. And, <laughs> all right. And, and so maybe some people have summer projects. You guys are going to, um, uh, you're going to redo the patio. You're going to get some furniture. You got to, uh, maybe you have to pressure wash the siding of the house or something. But, but, uh, like, but families have different summer projects, right? And they, they come up with these projects and, and I know for, for me and Lindsay, we recently moved into a new house. And the cool thing about this house is like, um, it's got lots of gardens. There's like tons of spaces for gardens. And like me and Lindsay are like, this is almost overwhelming. I mean, there's gardens everywhere. And like, we like gardening and doing all that cool stuff. But like, we have to keep up on the weeds. Like it, we took like, I don't know, it was like a couple weeks. The weeds are just coming in like crazy right now. And so we're like, our summer project is just to keep up on the weeds. If we just do a little bit each week, we'll be all right. So, so our, our summer project this year is um, just kind of an upkeep of our gardens. And so, and so maybe you two, maybe you two have, and your families are, are coming up with some um, project, summer projects, but whatever your summer project is, um, I know God has one for you as well. Um, and this summer, uh, you're, you're his summer project. And, and I'm his summer project too. I'm not just going to kind of group you guys in here, but, um, we're all kind of his summer project this year. Um, it's, it's time to, um, it's time to let God help us. It's time to, to pay attention to who we're becoming spiritually and let him lead us along this year so we flourish and grow and do what we're, do what we're focusing in on doing this thing. Um, this year, we're, this kind of like spring into summer, we're, we're, we're focusing in on the fruit of the Spirit, right? And it, it all comes from the book of Galatians in, in chapter 5. And Paul says this, and I know we're, we're reading this every week, and we'll just go over it again. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you like highlighting your things in your Bible or underlining, that's a good one to highlight and underline, especially these next, what, eight, seven, eight weeks as we go through the Fruit of the Spirit um, series that we're calling Produce. We love, we love fruit, right? Like we love going, like me and Lindsay went and picked strawberries last weekend. It's awesome. We love fruit, um, but, but the kind of fruit we're really after is... is um, but that's the fruit that I'm talking about, that's not the kind of fruit we're really after in this life. And, and that's God's project. That, that kind of stuff would come, that kind of fruit that we just read from Galatians, we're praying that that kind of fruit would come out of us, right? That, that that kind of fruit would come out of your life and that it would come out of you more easily and more often than it does now. The joy and peace and kindness would come out of you more often than it does now, more easily and even more naturally. The first thing we tend to do when we see a list like this is we begin to think, man, I've got to get busy, right? We start thinking, man, I've got to get this done, right? We, like, we stand up here and we, we tell you things that, that we need to, to change or be different in your life. And you're like, man, I've got to, I've got to get these things done. Um, and I know for me, like, I love a good to-do list. Like, you give me a to-do list, I'll get it done. I'll do it the best that I can. Anyone that works with me or, or even my wife knows, you give me a good to-do list, I'll get it done. There's, there's no question. But I got to tell you, this isn't that kind of to-do list. And so I'm like, oh man, like this, this, this isn't that kind of to-do list where you can say, all right, I got joy. I got to check it off, right? Um, you see on this, you see this list and you say, all right, I've got to, I've got to have more joy, right? And you're like, ah, I got to check that off. Or I've got to act more joyful. I've got to produce the things in my life. And if I do have that kind of fruit, then God, he, he, he'll, he might reward me by letting me put my roots down into him. But I got to tell you, this list is the exact opposite of that. This is, this is not your to-do list. This is God's project. And he says, you put your roots down into me, into my love, into my joy, into my peace, into my patience, uh, my kindness, my goodness, and, and you let that come into your life so that you can have that come out of you. John fifteen five says this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, so if you're not connected, um, connected with Christ, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see the, this fruit come out of your life. And so, we're doing this series, and we're calling it Produce um, to to give you uh, to. We're not, and, and we're not giving it to you to, to. So, this isn't just like another to do list. It's not about learning to act like these things a little bit more, but to actually think of what it would look like for you to put your faith down into Christ. And when you do, you'll be surprised to see the things that come out of your life. You'll see yourself becoming more patient, or you'll, you'll see yourself having more joy in life. It will surprise you when you find yourself having peace in the midst of a terrible situation. The fruit of the Spirit we're talking about today is peace. And I believe, as I was working on this message, I believe this is the only fruit you can't fake. And, and, and what I mean by that is like, like, like we were talking about joy last week. Like you can fake a little bit of joy, I think. Like we could all, like that's, that's reality, right? But, but you, you can't really fake peace. How, how's your deep sense of peace right now? How's, how's your stress level right now? There's, there's so much struggle and strain in life today. It's easy to lose our peace in a hurry, isn't it? 
Like, there's, there's a lot in this world that attacks our peace. We see it every day. I know John was up here last week, right? And he was reading off some of the headlines from the, from the newspaper and watching the news. And, and I was watching the news this week, and I got news for you. It doesn't get any better. And I'll give you an example. I was, I was watching the news this week. The, the roads in North Alabama, I read, have been more deadly this week than in a long time. What I mean is there were several tragic car accidents that, this week in our own area, right? Including one that, that took the life of a little boy. It injured his mom and dad and his, two, and his brother and sisters. Families in the Tennessee Valley continue to recover from, torna- from tornadoes that hit, hit our area three weeks ago. Deadly wildfires continue to burn in California and displace thousands and thousands of residents. There continues to be unrest between residents of the Ukraine and the Russian government. It's a place of turmoil, and it flares up in the streets in the shooting and people burning down buildings. There's, tremen- there's a tremendous amount of unrest, unrest over there. In our, way, in our way, our whole world is like this. There seems to be unrest and turmoil everywhere we look. Sometimes our families are like that too. We can be getting along pretty good and all of a sudden there's unrest and turmoil within our families. A marriage can turn into unrest and turmoil. Business partnerships can turn into rest and turmoil. I've noticed that people don't have, have a peace when they, when they think about their relationship with God either. Very often we have this perpetual sense of unworthiness and shame that we feel in God's presence. I noticed that so many people have strife and envy and jealousy and, and all this other stuff that goes on in horizontal relationships. They don't have peace in, in friendships. And they don't have peace inside themselves either. So the question today is, how do you find peace? How do you get peace in your life? We desperately long for it. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the fruit we want. It's the fruit we can't wait to taste. To, to everyone who has ever tried to get a measure of peace through some escape, to everyone who has tried to, has tried to find peace in a, in a bottle of whiskey or a bottle of pills, to, to everyone that has tried to find some measure of peace through, through success, whether it be at your job or at work, to everyone that has ever tried to find a measure of peace through your calendar, trying to stay busy, or planning another vacation to a tropical island, and when you got there, you realize that the storms of your life are still deep with inside of you? To, any, to everyone who has ever thought, if I just change my counselor, or if I just had a different spouse, or if I just had a different job, or, or a different girlfriend, or a different house, or whatever it may be, or, or something that would change and give peace, peace, but found all those methods lacking, and still hungry for a bit of peace, there's really good news for you today. Really good news for those of us who are weary and burdened by life. The good news is this, is that Jesus shows up in our midst by his word and in his presence. He says, you need peace? You want peace? How about I just give it to you? John 14, 27 says this. It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Man, that's good news. I like hearing those words. Something you have to understand about this verse, though, is that Jesus is saying, My peace I give to you. 
This isn't the world's definition of peace. You have to understand this. This isn't the world's definition of peace. It's not, it's not turn off my alarm clock and I'll have peace. It's not, it's not, man, if I can just make my coworkers shut up at work, then I'll have peace. Those things still leave you troubled in this life. The alarm clock's going to go off tomorrow. But Jesus says, my peace is different. He says, it, it won't leave you troubled and it won't leave you afraid. That's awesome. You have to understand the next thing too. You have to understand this clearly. I'm, I'm about to tell you. You can't find peace apart from God. You can't find peace apart from God. It's not going to happen. If, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're not going to have peace. And I'll even say this. If you're here today and, and you have a, even a shallow relationship with Christ, the, the type of relationship where you just come on Sundays and, and then your relationship with Christ ends there as soon as you leave the door, that's a shallow relationship with Christ because he calls us to be Christians all week long, every single day. I'm not sure you're going to understand this piece either. Surface level Christianity is disgusting and Jesus says he's going to spit you out. If you have a surface level relationship with Jesus, you too won't understand this piece. Knowing Jesus brings peace. Knowing Jesus puts your roots down into, into him. Psalm 119.5 says this, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Those who love your law. God's law is his word, right? His word is your will, it's truth, it's his way. When you or someone you know is, is running away from God, or disobeying God, or pretending to know God, more than he knows himself, they're not, they're not loving God's word. They will never know God's peace. Isaiah 48 says this, There is no peace for the wicked. Those who are running from God will never have peace. It all comes back to Jesus. Ephesians 2.14 says, For he himself is our peace. Jesus is your peace, and there is no peace apart from him. If your life is really hard right now, and you've got a long list of just rotten circumstances. Maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's, it's with your finances. It's, it's with your job. Maybe, maybe it's, it's something is, is difficult with someone you love right now. There's something difficult going on. No matter how bad you can, you, you can say your, your circumstances are right now, and what your situation might be like, the power and the awesomeness of, of, of this fruit is that if you have Jesus, you can still have peace no matter how bad things seem. It doesn't mean when, when, um, when you have Jesus, you don't have bad things happen to you. It means that if you have Jesus, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what comes upon you, you can have peace. And peace is really what we're hungry for, Right? On the same token, I don't care how good you think your life is right now in, in, in terms of external circumstances. I don't care how many houses you have or how many beautiful kids you have or how, or how successful you might be. It doesn't matter how good things are going. If you don't have Jesus, despite all that other stuff, you still won't have peace. If you want to have peace, you've got to, you, you've got to have grace. If you put your roots down into Christ, and let the peace of God into your life, it's, go, it's going to grow. 
And, and this morning I've kind of broken down um, into three types of branches of, of, the, of the, the kind of peace that we need to have. Um, and so the first branch, if you like taking notes, would be a good time to write some of this stuff down. Um, the first one is the upward branch. Okay? The upward branch is your relationship with God. And, and you being, is, is, your, is your upward relationship with God and you being at peace with God. A lot of people I know are, are not at peace with God. They are not at rest with God. They think, they think things in their past and the things in their present that make them feel disqualified from a holy God. And, and they're probably right about those things, but they live perpetually in the shadows of the mistakes they've made in their life. They live under a mountain of baggage or regret, and it just keeps them at a distance from God. Uh, they can never have a close relationship with Him, with God. And, and, and it doesn't matter, even if they're in church today, they feel, they feel like they're disqualified. T- to be at peace upwardly with God, we can be at peace because, because of what God has done through Christ. There's no reason not to be at peace with God. Any sin that separates you from God can be removed and has, be, and, and, and has because of, of Jesus on the cross. I'm talking to those of you today who know the truth of, of, of that, but who, who have yet to experience it in a deep, deep level. Colossians 1.20 says this. It kind of summar, summarizes that up perfectly. And, though, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. To reconcile, meaning you, you and me, back to himself can be friends again. How do we do it? By making peace, and it happens through the blood that was shed on the cross. The blood of Jesus soaks the earth beneath the cross, and that's the earth we put our roots deep down into, and that makes all the difference in the world. Without it, you have no reason to be at peace. If you haven't accepted Christ as the forgiver or of, of every sin in your life, then you and only, only, only have an illusion. You're saying, this is peace. Well, there really is no peace. It's an illusion. Romans 5.1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified, in other words, declared good in God's eyes, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can have peace with God through Jesus. I, I just I know, I know a lot of people you're carrying around a, a lot of a lot of past regret and a lot a lot of, of past baggage that's been that's like unforgiven sin in your life. I think part of the problem is sometimes uh, Christians, especially, we make God out to be to be like us, right? We we kind of create a God in our own image. We imagine him to be like us, right? And, and, and so we, we know how small-minded and petty we can be. We are, right? We often think God is the same way. He's not. So we make God out to be this unforgiving, grudge-holding God because we're the same way. God's not like that. And what happens in translation is Christians hear the gospel truth and, and, and the gospel truth about how God can forgive every sin. And, and what we do is we give him the easy stuff, though. Right? We give them the surface level stuff. We don't give them the deep stuff. I'll let, I'll let you forgive me of that, right? But the deep things, the big, the big hairy ones, right? The ones we're, we're hesitant to let go of. We don't give over to God. We don't give God that stuff. And, and so we live in the shadow of, of Satan. And Satan wins every time, too. We live at a distance from God with no peace with our Maker. 
Uh, I know we have a lot of people that travel often here, right? If you travel a lot. Um, have you ever been to the airport and you've just seen someone and they've got like way too many bags? Like they've, there's just no way they're getting on an airplane. Like, and it's like one person, they've got like six bags. I'm like, how do they do that? Like, like it's crazy. But <laughs> people do this with their sin all the time. Did, did you know at the airport, like I didn't realize this, for like, like I've traveled for a long time, but they have this thing at the airport called sky cabs. Like have you guys ever even heard of them? These things are amazing. Like, there are people that you can just pay to give your bags, and then they'll drive your bags around, and then sometimes you can, like, ride with your bags. And, and you know they're coming because you're sitting there, and they make so much noise. Like, they're the golf carts that drive through the airport just beeping obnoxiously loud, right? Um, but, but here's the thing. Like, it's like Jesus is a sky cab that doesn't charge. Like, that's what I was thinking about this, right? Jesus is, <laughs> right? Like, you got you to gotta pay the sky cab. I guess you don't. You don't have to, but I would recommend you do. <laughs> they like their tips. Um, the, sky cab, <laughs> the sky cab says, I'll take your bags from you, right? He says, and, and I think Jesus does the same thing, right? And, 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 and uh, it's, it's already paid for, right? That's the only difference. Why would you want to carry around a bag when you can have someone do it for you? Like, that's awesome. There's, there's all kinds of Christians walking around with, with unforgiven sin. Jesus has already said, I want to take it all. So, so whatever deep part of your life that, that you have regret over, that you think is probably leaving a mark in your soul, a blemish that creates distance between you and God, I beg of you, I, I urge you to trust what God has done through Christ on the cross to get rid, to get, to get right with God. Not by something you do, but because of what he has done. Uh, do it today. Let him have your baggage. I don't know what it is for you. Uh, maybe you cheated. Maybe you stole something. Maybe, uh, maybe you like were angry at your kids and there was no reason to. You, uh, maybe, maybe you're mad at your parents. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, we have all these things that, that we carry with us. If you keep it inside, if you keep it, if you keep it silent about that, Psalm 32 says this, My bones waste away though my groaning, through, through my groaning all day. That will, eat, that will eat your life away. It'll eat, your, it'll eat you alive. Bring it out. Give it to the sky cap, Jesus. It's gone. That's, that's, the, that's peace with God. That's the upward branch everyone needs to, to, to have when their roots are with Christ. When your roots are with Christ and the, and the peace comes up, it's not just an upward branch that says, my sin that separates us from God can be removed. Also, there's an outward branch so that any alienation with other people can be reconciled. An outward branch is simply an expression that says, if I really have peace in my life, it's going to affect my relationships. Let me ask you this. Is your, is your Holy Spirit showing through? I can probably find out pretty simply by, by talking to some of your friends or talking to some of the people that, that you know. Because the peace will start coming out of you and have this outward branch that affects your relationship with other people. And, and one little indicator is, is, is their ongoing strife and jealousy and discord and envy and, amo- envy and anim- animosity and awake behind you in all that time. Colossians 3.15 says this. It says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Everybody has two buckets in life. 
kind of demonstrating them up here. Everybody has these buckets. Uh, you carry them with you everywhere you go. You carry them in every conversation that you have. In, in every room that you enter, you have these two buckets. Um, every relationship you have with people, you have these two buckets. They are with you all the time. In one bucket, there is water. And in the other bucket, gasoline. Not really. That's just... <laughs> whatever you come, whenever you come into a conversation or into a room or into a, a, a relationship, there is a little pile of embers, a little tiny flame. And you get to decide which bucket you're going to pour on to those smoldering embers. Most kids and teenagers know how to do this really well. I know this not because I have a teenager yet, but because I was once one. <laughs> they get home, right? They get home from school or work or wherever they were out all weekend. I don't know. They get home and mom and dad say, hey, where you been? What's going on? And the teenager's like, I'm going to throw some gasoline on this one. And it's like, boom. And like all of a sudden, the house is on fire, right? Way to go. Good job. You just used your gasoline. Thank you. There's always more gasoline left too, right? You're like, oh, there's no more gas. There's always gas in that one. <laughs> and not, not because I have them, because I know. Because <laughs> I was once a teenager. But, but we all do this, right? And we all get to choose how we're going to handle that situation. And what we're talking about is the difference between a person who just gets upset um, with, with what spills out of them is, 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 is maybe that person gets upset to just spill gasoline on a regular basis. Or, or the person somehow, or the other person who somehow actually knows, actually has the peace of God come up through their life, and so instead they have a calming influence. When people are upset, they bring a calming influence, right? They're, they're the kind of friend you want to you wanna be around, right? They're the kind of person that is, is always like Jesus, it seems. That's the fruit you want in your life. What's spilling out of you today? Which bucket are you using as a matter of habit? Which bucket are you using at work? Which bucket are you using in your marriage? Are you pouring water or gas? Romans fourteen nineteen says this, Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Make every effort. Is there maybe a place in your life right now in the outward branch? Is there a relationship that you can think of, of, of where you're really not making much of an effort to create or maintain peace? Maybe because you're tired or frustrated or think it's their fault. You can't, you can't always create peace, but Romans twelve eighteen says, it, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I have two thoughts about this, two ideas that maybe will help you with this outward branch. Maybe you've, um, maybe you've got a relationships that are kind of at a standoff right now. You're not really sure what's going on. Maybe it's, it's uh, at work or with a coworker. Maybe, maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's within your own family household. Um, maybe it's with your neighbors. Maybe it's with your in-laws, parents, siblings, you name it. Maybe there's a relationship right now in your life that, um, that needs... <clears throat> that this outward branch can help you with. The first thing is this. If you want this outward branch, you make the first move. Take initiative to bring reconciliation. Standoffs and people feeling stubborn and feeling the other one is wrong will lead to a perpetual feud and never ends. 
When we think, well, well, they're in the wrong, it's their fault. We need to remember what God did for us because you and I wronged God. We disappointed Him. We abused Him and we did not stand back and say, well, I'm going to see, and God did not stand back and say, I'm going to see what they do. Maybe they'll make the first move. God didn't say, maybe they'll kiss up enough and maybe, the, maybe they'll grumble enough to me and, and I'll consider restoring the friendship. God did not do this. God made the first move. God says, well, you, well we were still sinners. God is saying, I love you too much in this relationship. It's too important to wait, right? He's, he says, if you make the first, he says, I'm, I'm not going to let you make the first move because this is too important to me because he couldn't anyway. And God came to us and closed the gap. And that is the kind of fruit, that is the kind of fruit that is going to come out of your life if your life is tucked into, into God's soil. So let that come out of you. And you be the one willing to say, I'm going to be the one to make the first move. The second thing is, the second idea, the th- second thought, is, is it's, it's, I'm sorry, it says, part, it says some words. The words are, is, uh, it, to, the words are to say, I love you and I'm sorry. Those are tough words sometimes. These words will always work. I care about you and I'm sorry. It won't always fix things right away, but you can't, you can't have peace on this upward branch without some conversation, right? I hope, you have, I hope you have that upward branch because any sin that separates you from God can be removed and I hope you have that, the outward branch because any strife and alienation alienates you or separates you from others can be reconciled. And I hope you have this third branch and that's the inward branch. Inward peace Deep down inside of you, where it matters the most, because any struggle that aggravates you can be resolved in God's peace, in God's calm, in God's rest. People all over the world are looking for inward peace, and it's not found in circumstances. It's found in Christ. I think all too often we think peace is, is, is what is going, is going to happen if I don't have any scares in my life or if I don't have any trouble. The reality is we all have scares from, from past attempts to, uh, at trying to find peace on the terms that the world gives us instead of the peace that Jesus says he wants to give to you by being connected to me. So where are you looking for for peace? Sometimes I think we imagine peace as a snapshot of looking out at the ocean and there's, there's not, it's one of those pictures where there's not a ripple on the water and the sun's kind of glistening off of it and there's a beautiful sky in the background. But in real life, life isn't like that. Just about three weeks ago in the Tennessee Valley, we, uh, we were once again hit by several tornadoes and storms, and, and hundreds of people lost everything they had. And, uh, and I think life is more like this video we're going to show. Mm-hmm. 
Image, all, some of those images are all too often, well, we see too often here in the, the Tennessee Valley. The woman in the, in the middle of the video still had a peace about everything. Even in the midst of loss and destruction, she had a peace about it all. Where, where do you get that from in the middle of all of that? You get it by being rooted deep down into Christ. Whatever my lot has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's peace. Not because there aren't any storms or tornadoes, but because whatever happens, you're in the center of God's peace. And this is the peace that is described in Scripture. Not an absence of a storm, but a calm within it. Where are you in the storm? Are you out somewhere getting blown around? Or are you at peace? The, the Bible talks about peace in this way. Paul himself, who was in jail waiting potential execution, wrote these words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and they are words for us today as well. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation be in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. Instead of trying to produce peace, I surrender my anxieties and my worries, and I, and I pray about it, and I turn it over to the Lord. I give everything to Jesus. And when I do that, instead of trying to control things, I, I surrender it. And I put my roots down into Christ. And guess what happens? The next verse, verse 7, says this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That, that peace of God will guard your heart and protect your mind from the onslaught of all that stormy, stormy weather. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And in doing so, you put your roots down into Christ. Let us pray. Father God, we are so thankful that, God, there is always an open invitation that we can accept you as our Lord and Savior. And, God, we are so thankful with that. With that comes, God, just a peace that surpasses all understanding. God, we are so encouraged by those words. And, God, if there is anyone here today who is just not at peace, and, and things in life just don't seem right. God, I, I lift them up to you today. God, I pray you, God, I pray you speak to them today and say that you're with them and that, that God, your peace is, is the only peace that will suffice. 
God, we thank you for, for loving us the way you do. We thank you for, for picking us up off the ground even when we don't feel at peace, God. You are still there beside our sides. We are so thankful for that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.